NHL, your daily podcast on the National Hockey League. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked On NHL your first listen every day. We're free and available on all platforms. Joe DiBiase from Locked On Sabres and Mike DiStefano from Locked On the Leafs. Uh, fantasy hockey, by the way, Mike. I don't know how you're doing so far this year. I'm 0-2, and, and that's with Connor McDavid on my team, who has like 10,000 points through three games or six games, whatever it's been. Well, that's pretty brutal. That's uh, that's That's really actually tough. That is disheartening. Mm-hmm. I uh, I won my first week and lost my second week. I mean, it's it's a dynasty league, so mm-hmm. it's a little bit different. But uh, I'm doing okay. I, I think I'm still amongst the uh, the championship contenders when it comes to to my league in fantasy. Yeah, uh, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of good stuff happening around the league right now. There is there's a report on the Chicago Blackhawks that. We're not really going to touch on on today's podcast because there's a press conference coming about 30 minutes after we record here. So this will probably be old news, but there was a Mark Lazarus, uh, Lazarus report from a couple of minutes ago uh, before we started going here that there's going to be significant organizational changes in Chicago that are coming. Um, so we're not really going to talk in depth about that because we don't really know what this press conference is going to sound like and there could be new stuff out of there, but... Oh five and one. We're gonna really stick in the Eastern Conference as we normally do on a Tuesday here. But um, well, here's a here's a one of the stories you, of the league. It, it is, and I'll tell you, here's a perfect kind of segue into that. You know who uh, who the Chicago Blackhawks are playing tomorrow night? Who's that? The Toronto Maple Leafs. Oh, <laughs> like, well, who's in more turmoil right now, Chicago or Toronto? That's that's a good question right now. We're going to get to Toronto in a second here. Other things we're going to talk about today, the Sabres start to the season, and then just trying to figure out the Metropolitan Division. Every single team in the Metro has a winning record right now, if you can believe it. So we'll talk about those things as well. But yeah, like what's going on with the Leafs? I had written down as like a potential topic for today's show, like trying to figure out like, all right, what's the most interesting thing happening in the league right now? And one thing I wrote down was who should be more worried the Lightning or the Leafs, both teams have losing records right now. The Leafs have lost four in a row. The Lightning have lost three in a row. I could touch on what I saw from Tampa last night in a minute, but let's start with your Leafs, Mike, because what what's the problem? I mean, I look at the stat sheet and watching just the little I have, it seems like nobody's scoring. Yeah, that is a problem. Like Mitch Marner has one measly secondary assist in game one of the season, and that's all he has in terms of production, right? Like, there, you, you can go, you can take a look like, yeah, he's getting pucks to the slot. He's he's getting some slot shots off. He's having opportunities. The expected goals are there. His expected yeah. goals is like three and a half or something like that. But at the end of the day, they're not coming. It's not happening. The team's not scoring. And realistically, it, what's plaguing them is the exact same thing that plagued them when they the, the, when the debacle happened in the playoffs against Montreal. The top six isn't scoring. Marner has been absolutely in existence, and they're turning pucks over, which is legitimately resulting into goals against. Mm-hmm. And the power play has been abysmal. Like those three things specifically have been plaguing this team legitimately since last summer and it's carried all the way through into this season and it's a problem it's a serious serious problem uh and and the panic alarm is already starting to to be to sound off here like i know it's only seven games into the season Mm -hmm. but it's what 
it's what they're not doing, I think, that is annoying people. The fact that, yeah, it's great that they are controlling possession and 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 they have the puck in the offensive zone more than their opponents do, but they're not doing anything with the puck, like anything at all. They're not getting to the getting to the into the slot. They're not getting to the net. They're just kind of tossing the puck around, keeping it to the perimeter, and then getting low grade shots and not getting much high danger chances. And it's not resulting in goals. And that's been the biggest problem with this team. They're on a four game skid right now. They're being outscored eighteen to six. 18 to okay. 6 in four games. It's brutal. I think their power plays over the last 14. It's 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 not looking great right now in uh in Toronto. They're also they're, they're playing the most high event hockey in the league. They're actually allowing the they've allowed the most high danger scoring chances in the league. Okay. Although they've they've played 7 games and I know like Boston's down there at 4. There's some teams who played uh four other like the Devils and Flyers, but still uh highest in the league with that with that territory. Goaltending wise, Campbell's been good though, right? Campbell's been Campbell's been great. Like he's been left out high and dry. Like even last night in the game against Carolina and, and the game against Pittsburgh, even like, yeah, he, he put up a five spot, allowed five goals. But if you look at the, a, a majority of those goals, they either went off a body or they were odd man rushes that were given up based, you know, coming off of turnovers. Like they're just not helping this guy at all. There's no defensive structure. Like, Mm-hmm. The Maple Leafs, so Dave Haxtall was the team's like defensive coach last year, and he obviously went over to, to Seattle. Now they went and they poached Dean Shinout from Carolina, who does have a very good structured defensive team uh, over there. So, you know, I was like, okay, so maybe that's not going to be that big of an issue because it did seem like they kind of hunkered down and fixed that problem last season. But Jake Muzzin has been atrocious. It seems like age is somewhat catching up to him. There's some talk that maybe he's maybe he's playing hurt. Like, could he really be this bad? Could it have fallen off this quick? Like, he's playing really slow and just not making good decisions. He's given the puck up uh, um, a lot. And I just, the issue, is it A, injury, or is it age catching up to him? And everyone knows mm-hmm. that Jake Muzzin is, you know, the one who props up Justin Hall. So now you have that their shutdown pair, which is giving they've given up goals in every single game. They've been on the ice for every single uh, game this season. They've given up a goal. It's been atrocious. It's, <laughs> the top defensive unit has been bad. Mm-hmm. Um, just overall, man, this team is not getting it done. So really, I bet I want to compare them to Tampa now because Tampa, by the way, same negative 10 goal differential as Toronto, five points, although they've played one fewer game, two, three, and one. Uh, Monday night, they lose five to one to the Sabres in Buffalo. Uh, two empty net goals, so the score was not as indicative of the game itself. And in fact, the Lightning really were the more controlling team. It was so disheartening for them that the Sabres were in their own end the entire second period. And then with a minute to go, Drake Kajula comes down on a, on a partial breakaway. And like, that's the only goal of the period. And Tampa's got to be going back to the locker room. Like, are you kidding me? We just throttled them for 20 minutes and they were the ones who scored. So while last night, the Sabres went five to one and they did play well in the first and the third. So I don't want to make it sound like Tampa just ran them over for three periods. Um, the, the Lightning, to me, looked like the typical Tampa Bay Lightning. And I know watching their game the other night uh, against the um, – oh, which game was it? Against the Avalanche, that shootout loss they had. They looked good in that game to me as well. I know they're not going to have the key to Kucherov for an extended period of time. Um, 
But I think Tampa is going to be fine. I still want to consider Toronto is going to be fine too. I kind of want to put both these teams in the same category. Maybe Toronto because there's a little bit – there's obviously more pressure in well, Toronto because you don't have the playoff success that kind of gives you that that break that, that Tampa is going to get. Exactly, and that's the difference to me. Like the Tampa team, they've they've proven and they've shown that they can get out of ruts and that they can go on, and they've proven that they have the Stanley Cup mentality, that killer instinct to go off and win games, win tight games, win blowouts. They can win in every other way. They may have a tough, you know, four or five game stretch, but at the end of the day, they're going to be Stanley Cup contenders, and they know how to win. The Maple Leafs don't have that. They have not learned how to win. They've actually done the opposite. They've figured out ways to to kill themselves and shoot themselves in the foot every way possible. They actually know how to lose. That's what they do best. They lose. It's incredible. Um, th- that's I think why the Maple Leafs are in are it's it's far worse for their scenario and their situation than it is for Tampa to me. And and hmm. I mean I'm a little closer to situation being in Toronto working for you know, one of the big media conglomerates here at TSN and being the host of Locked On Leafs and Leafs Lunch. Like, I'm really close to the situation. But at the end of the day, there are some serious concerns with the way that this team's playing. Like, hmm. let's be honest. the, 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 the It's not much different than football, right? Where it, the, the team that gets – the team that wins in the trenches often is a team that wins it, right? And if you consider the trench the slot area – the Leafs aren't getting to the slot. The, Re- the Leafs are not working hard in the trenches in both areas. Like, they're giving up the highest, the, the most high danger chances against. That's because they're allowing teams to just work their way all the way up and getting into J- Jack Campbell's grill, and they're not mm-hmm. doing anything to stop people from getting in that area. And then on the opposite end, they're not working hard enough to get into that area. Y- yesterday, Austin Matthews was talking about it in, in post game. He was saying that, yeah, Carolina did a really good job not letting us get into, you know, the get into the high danger areas and not getting into those preferable goal scoring areas. Yeah, no one's going to let you, Austin. You got to get there. You got to put your hard hat on, get in there and go to work. That's what you got to do. You're six foot four, 225 pounds. You're an ox. You got to go and work, man. Get your hands a little dirty. Like that's what's plaguing this team is just the fact that they're the 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 effort level is just so porous to start the year. Hmm. Expected goals for percentage, by the way, Tampa is ninth in the league. Toronto is 10th, although that's fourth and fifth in the division. There's five Atlantic teams in the top 10 in that stat. Uh, Boston third, Detroit fifth, Florida sixth. And Buffalo seventh, even Ottawa's there at thirteenth. So we'll talk more about this division coming back, especially the Sabers, and maybe a little bit on the Red Wings. Both teams are off to a surprisingly good start uh, to counter the surprisingly poor starts from Toronto and Tampa. But before we do that, we want to remind you that this episode is brought to you by BetOnline.ag, your number one spot for all the hockey, basketball, football action this season. Head over to their new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use the promo code LOCKEDON to receive their bonus. I was just looking actually at their website for Atlantic Division uh, odds in the NHL. I've been making um, killing off bet off betonline.ag man. Like I've been <laughs> killing off these prop bets last night. I have both Austin Matthews and Svechnikov to score last night. They're both plus money. Wow. Both cashed in. That was my kind of better than night for all we're all on, right. on Leafs. And bet online just keeps giving me money. It's fantastic. They by the way, Florida is the Atlantic Division favorite plus one fifteen. Boston is plus three forty. Toronto plus 375. Tampa is in fourth at plus 
475. And then no no respect for Buffalo and Detroit yet. Buffalo at plus 7,500. Detroit at plus 8,000, which is the same as Montreal at plus 8,000. Then Ottawa way down at plus 10,000. Uh, so just a little update on the odds there. But head over to betonline.ag. Use that promo code Locked On. It's the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. This episode is also brought to you by DirecTV Stream. Simple way to get all the entertainment you love without the hassle. DirecTV Stream brings you live TV and on-demand favorites like never before, which means you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. And the best part, there's no annual contracts. So stop waiting. Get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Joe DiBiase and Mike DiStefano here on the Locked On NHL podcast. We'll talk about the Metropolitan Division a little bit coming up, but let's kind of round out the Atlantic and talk about the teams that are off to surprisingly good starts. We'll start, obviously, with my Buffalo Sabres, who are 4-1-1. One, and one. On the scoreboard, smashed the Lightning. I didn't want to just say smashed outright because I thought the play was a lot more even than that. But 5-1 to one over Tampa on Monday night. They even... Like they lost to Boston on Friday night. I thought they were the better team in that game. Um, they got beat down by the Devils. Uh, they got to overtime in that game, but they were not the better team in that game. But I think it's fair to say they've been the better team in five of their six games, and that's represented in the numbers. I think that's kind of Mike. I think that's kind of why fans are feeling like they're not going all the way in because we've had this happen twice already, where Ralph Kruger had a hot start in his coaching tenure and. It didn't. It didn't come to fruition. They had a ten-game winning streak, and that one, year, right? And then they so, didn't even yes. make the playoffs. They bottomed out. Phil Housley, ten-game win streak. They were in first place in the NHL. They bottomed out. I think part of the reason fans are and more optimistic that this could be more for real. I don't think anyone is realistically thinking they're a playoff team or even coming close to the playoffs. But some of the hope is those teams. They were winning in shootouts. They were getting insane goaltending. They were scoring like on they like at a 20 to 25% shot percentage in those stretches. This team is just generating tons of chances and they are legitimately outplaying teams. I don't think that's going to last. I, I am not overreacting to a six game sample size, but I do think they're, they're showing that they might not just be the worst team in the league. Like we thought they were going to. Who are the guys on Buffalo that right now are, are totally exceeding your expectations? I would say, well, one in that Craig Anderson is absolutely doing that. Um, he's been dynamite so far, but I really think the blue line as a whole, like it's not, there's no real star power on it. It's without, a lot of like without Will Borgen, without Will Borgen, <laughs> you always got to bring up my, my man, Will Borgen, who I don't even think is playing for Seattle. Um, by the way, he's like in the AHL. Um, I think it's just the blue line as a whole is exceeding expectations. I thought they'd be about league average. They've been great. And there's no star power again. Like everyone's kind of playing balanced minutes. Everyone's around 18, 19 minutes. It's Colin Miller. And it's of course, Darlene and Henry Okiharu, but he's hurt right now. Um, Will Butcher's come in and played nice. Like to me, it's the blue line. And then up front, the, the two guys, I don't think they're going to hold up. Getting the type of play they've gotten from Zemgus Gergensen's and Kyle Oposo, that's where I think the regression will come, where they're not going to be winning, obviously, four of every six games. The question will be, can young guys like Dylan Cousins and Middlestat, when he comes back from, from injury, and Tage Thompson, Thompson's been playing great, actually, so he really, you know, he doesn't really need to see an uptick. At, Rasmus Asplund's another guy. 
if Oposo and Jurgensen's come back down to earth, which I have to believe is going to happen, uh, can young guys kind of make up for that? Um, but those two are like, they, they deserve to be on the list. That's two veteran players that everyone kind of thought were shot, especially Oposo, And they've come out flying out of the gates. So those are really the guys. I wish it was younger players that were exceeding expectations, but it's like, Mike, it's the veterans really. Yeah. I mean, sometimes that's, that's what it takes is you, you get the veterans, they get going early and then they pull the young guys into the fight. And then your, your Tage Thompson start get going. And then, you know, eventually Dylan cousins gets going. But what I find interesting about this and then about their hot start where they've won what for the first six games, I believe it is, yep. is they're getting this done with, with this Jack Eichel cloud hanging over them. And they've just kind of looked at it and said, you know what? He's not really a part of this team anymore. Let's stop, uh, you know, kind of, kind of harping on this as internally as a team, I'm sure management is still trying to figure out that fiasco, but the fact mm-hmm. that they aren't looking at this and saying, you know, we're missing our biggest piece. We might as well fold. I think is a really positive sign for the Sabres. Yeah. Yeah. I think it doesn't really seem to be a real distraction. Like in the off season, it was like, Oh, how could you still have this guy on your roster? Well, if he's not in the building, it's not like if anyone as follows the NBA, I- uh, ben Simmons, no, like in Philadelphia, no. like that's a circus. That's not happening here. And in part no. because Jack's Jack's is not there. Well, um, so the latest report is that his medical team has now gone back to Buffalo and are trying to again, be like, look, man, we want to stay here, but like we need this surgery. And they put together some mm-hmm. PowerPoint to show them why the surgery he wants will work. Um, that was about what a week ago. I think I read yeah. that report. Has there been any update in Buffalo about how maybe they've, perceived it is is anything changing there i think the next step because i can't see the sabers caving on that they've they've been holding the line for six months here it'd be stunning to me if they were the the one thing i thought of is i don't think this is realistic and i don't think in any way this happens but you work out a deal with jack basically that all right we'll let you get the surgery that you want but we want you to and jack in turn says this would be for michael because if michael desperately wants that surgery he wants to keep playing hockey he doesn't want to sit in the sidelines for a year or two he, the deal i think should be all right you let me get the surgery i want I, I want and i will legitimately commit to being a part of the solution here and then maybe you can start to work towards a resolution i think they're too far into it though for that to be a realistic uh, outcome um so i think the the real next step here in the real world is that there's going to be a grievance that's filed and Eichel and Eichel's team, I think are preparing an argument of the CBA. The language is not meant to, to stop a player from a legitimate plan. And that's why he's kind of out courting courting. He's out gathering medical opinions from doctors around the country that are saying like, this is not some experimental surgery. It just hasn't happened. No NHL players done it. That doesn't mean that this isn't a surgery that's been operated on patients, even athletes for 25 years. Um, I think that's what Eichel's out doing right now. He's preparing for a grievance, which I think is the probable next step. And that's, you know, off the ice, that'll be ugly. I kind of want the Sabres to keep going on this, uh, this run here in part, because I just, I have this, this hypothetical question in my head that I'm not ready yet to really have a real conversation about, but it'd be an interesting topic down the road that if the Sabres are like flirting with playoff contention, would Eichel come back? Like would, would Jack come back? Because the guy's not played a meaningful hockey game in six years. You have to think like a part of the reason he wanted out is he's just, the guy just wants to make the damn playoffs for once. And if it looks like that could happen here, would he be like, I'll go back. 
like, I, I don't know. But again, that's a hypothetical that I don't think probably happens because I can't imagine 40 year old Craig Anderson and Dustin Tokarski are going to just hold the fort in that all year long. Yeah, most likely not. Um, we'll talk about Detroit in just a second, but first a uh, word for rockauto.com. This episode's brought to you by Rock Auto. Why save time or save time and money when using Rock Auto? Why choose to spend 30%, 50%, or even 100% more on the same parts from a chain store or car dealership? It's a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Rock Auto prices are reliably low for every customer. We encourage you to go use their website for all your auto parts needs. And when you go to their website, right, locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need RockAuto.com. All right. Last thing on the Atlantic division, the Red Wings, they're three, two, and one. I mentioned their expected goals for like their underlying numbers look really good so far. Do we think they're more for real than the Sabres? Do we think they're more likely to continue this than the Sabres over the course of an entire season? I do. I, I, I think that they would be the team. Like if I had to bet which team ends up, um, you know, at, at, on top of each other in the standings come the end of the year. I think it's going to be the, the Detroit Red Wings. I think they they have better talent and better established talent. Guys like Dylan Larkin, guys like Tyler Bertuzzi, um, you know, Alex Nadelkovich in net hasn't looked as awful as we kind of probably thought he was going to look when he went from Carolina to Detroit. Yeah. So he's been okay. Um, and then, you know, they, they've got a couple of young players that are really starting to step up too. Mo Sider, Lucas Raymond had a hat trick the other night. He looks like yeah. the real deal, like the real deal. And, you know, no disrespect to, to Dylan Cousins or to, to, you know, anybody over in Buffalo, but like, he looks like a, a, a star in the making and, and, and this could be a big season for him. Uh, Mo Sider as well on the defensive end. Like he's just been a really steady force back there. So I think that they're building towards something really, really solid and concrete there in, in Detroit. And, and it's not, I just don't think that anybody is, um, I mean, I guess I'm not expecting Lucas Raymond to score a hat trick every game, but I'm not so sure that you have guys that are necessarily punching too, too far above their weight and you're expecting mass regression. I think they're a good young chippy team that, you know, Steve Eisman's done a really good job of, of kind of establishing a new identity and a new, new core and, and a bit of a new culture. And it's, it's working out so far. I, I think it's fair just to, to say that they will. I think I would even tell you that I think they'll finish above Buffalo this season. Um, and the kids are part of it. Like most cider has five assists in six games. He's second on the team in ice time at 21, 21 52 a night. Like he's playing an important role to start. And now Lucas Raymond is up on the top line with Dylan Larkin and Tyler Batuzzi. And like, that's a part of it. Like kind of, as you're pointing to is and maybe that's the difference for me between Buffalo and Detroit is it seems like the kids are really driving the success early on and they've made a big difference. Whereas not to say again, that I think Tage Thompson has been great in Buffalo, but Dylan cousins has been good, but he hasn't been lighting, lighting the lamp. Um, you know, like some of the other guys that like Rasmus Asplin, like a lot of their kids are more like role players right now. Whereas well, Detroit, true. like oh. Raymond and inside her, just they're nice. Oh, they're, they're more nice. They're, they're yeah. great. Like these are players, man. And, like you look at how Eisman built his team over in, in Tampa Bay, like it kind of started with a, a stalwart defensive player and uh, a guy up front. Now is Dylan Larkin, Steven Stamkos, not necessarily, but like Mo Sider, I mean, you don't want to throw around Victor Hedman when you talk about a 20 year old kid, but like 
it looks like they have their stud number one defenseman of the future who is already producing at, at the rate he is as a 20-year-old. I mean, that's a great start to putting together a, a solid club out there in Detroit. And then they're also getting, you know, Lucas Raymond. And um, they've got Jacob Verana there who's injured right now. But when he gets back, we know that he's a 25-goal scorer. So he's going to add some some elements of scoring there as well. And, and you know, they, they've still got a bunch of, uh, of of kids coming up through the ranks. I think Joe Valeno um, is going to end up being a decent player for this team. They've got draft picks, prospects, and then they've also got cap space, which they're going to be able to use in the coming future to, to add to the, the – the good young core that's coming up. So I like what Detroit is building. Um, and it, it's, it's not a great sign for the Leafs and the Buffalo Sabres who sit in the same division as them. And then finally on today's show, what do we do with the metropolitan division? Everyone's got a winning record. The devils and flyers have only played four games. So they're at the bottom of the standings, but like New Jersey's three and one. And as I mentioned earlier, when talking about the Sabres, they're really the only team so far that's outplayed Buffalo. And they did it like by a lot. Uh, they were great, and that was without Jack Hughes in the lineup. I know he's injured right now, so he's going to miss a little bit of time. Um, I just don't know what to do with the division as a whole. I'm sure – I know. I think I know for sure Carolina's good. I thought they were coming into the year. Um, they've gotten good goaltending so far, and that was their biggest question mark. We'll see if that continues. Um, I think maybe the two things I'm most sure of, and maybe you can answer the same question because it's that, that division is tough right now. I'm pretty sure Carolina's good, and I think Philly's going to be bad. Philly is getting outchanced as much as anybody in the league. They're generating the fewest amount of chances per game. Um, I think there's a real potential that Philly's going to kind of bottom out in that division. I think Columbus will still finish last, but yeah. I don't know that – I might pick everyone else to finish above the Flyers right now. I think so. I'm, I'm looking – I think Columbus will see some regression, and, and, and yeah, I'm, I'm not particularly strong on Philadelphia. I wasn't coming into it um, unless, you know, Carter Hart goes back to his – his rookie season where he was playing like, like a, a future Vesna winner. He don't look like that anymore. That's for dang sure. And I just, they're, they're a little bit old. Like Claude Giroux isn't the same player he once used to be. Um, you know, we saw the staleness to them last year. They added uh, Rasmus Ristolainen to their blue line. And you can tell us. Uh, how he's been bad. So he's been so bad for them so exactly. far. Exactly. And like, that's a like, I, I wonder, is it coincidental that Buffalo's blue line is playing better and Philly's <laughs> blue line is playing much, much worse? And, you know, a big, you know, difference there is the fact that Ristolainen left one to join the other. I don't know. Right. I mean, correlation doesn't exactly equate to causation, but just goes to show. Uh, but in terms of, like, guys at the top of this division, it's going to be competitive. It's going to be a competitive division here. Um, I predicted at the beginning of the year that, um, you know, five of the teams from this division were going to make the playoffs. I predicted that in order for, you know, a team like Toronto or for Buffalo or, uh, well, I guess you could throw Buffalo in there just for, for, for funsies. For now, at least. <laughs> uh, Boston, like, and, and Florida and, and, you know, those teams, Montreal, were kind of on the cusp of like that third, second and third spot battling for that, that the, those top three spots in the division. They need it now. Like it makes it way more important to do that because I don't think they're going to be able to compete with the Metro teams for the wild card spot. Like that's mm -hmm. what this, this does. It makes everything so much more amplified in the Atlantic to finish with one of those top three divisional positions. Cause I believe that we're going to see five teams come out of the Metro. I think Carolina is probably going to win it to me. They're the best team. 
you look at what Alex Ovechkin's been doing out in Washington. Like this guy is, is just not stopping. He's not mm. stopping. Like this dude is a goal scoring machine and he's leading this team to victory. Uh, Washington's been great. The Rangers look really, really good. Shesterkin is for real. Um, Pittsburgh. I mean, Pittsburgh has been without Crosby, Malkin, Rust. Uh, Latale, Jeff Carter. Jeff Carter. They literally went out there. They put the Wilkes-Barre, Scranton Penguins out on the ice Saturday night <laughs> and beat the Maple Leafs 7-1. to 7-1 to one with guys like Drew O'Connor coming out and Evan Rodriguez looking like Crosby and Malkin. It was in- in- insane. It was ridiculous. But they haven't lost a single game this season in regulation. They've picked up points in all five games. They they're, 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 have eight points on the year. Um, and then the Islanders. Yeah, okay, they're 3-2-1, and one, but let's not forget, they're on the road for the first 13 games of the season. If they can escape this 13-game start at at least a 500 record, maybe even mm-hmm. they can finish like a game above 500, man, are they in a good shape for the rest of the year where they'll be at a new building with a rock, ruckus crowd, and they're already a good, solid team too. Like, it's going to be a tough division in the Metro. So, real, real quick, if you're picking five out of the Metro – who in the Atlantic would you be picking to miss right now out of out of like the, the legitimate contenders as I see them? Florida, Boston, Toronto, Tampa. Probably the Toronto Maple Leafs. Wow. <laughs> yeah. That's gonna that's tough. Though that man, Tampa, that would be Tampa, so Tampa, interesting, but Tampa's a lock, right? I think we can admit they're gonna finish in the top three. Yeah. As as whatever stumble out of the gate, I mean, this is a team that'll figure it out, they'll get it done. I think Florida's for real. This yeah. team is is undefeated so far on the year. I think they're an incredibly deep and well-balanced team, and they're getting goaltending for Bobrovsky now too, which is dangerous uh, for the rest of the league, that they've got this Knight-Bobrovsky tandem that's working out well so far. So you've got those two. So at this point, it's really between Toronto, Boston. Might be it, to be honest. It's a battle between Toronto and Boston the rest of the way. I mean, maybe Ottawa can make a run of it. Uh, potentially if Montreal can figure things out when Carey Price gets back, uh, mm-hmm. maybe even the, the Detroit Red Wings, if they if their spunkiness persists and they're actually this good of a team, maybe they can, you know, kind of make some here and, and at least, you know, pick up some points along the way and make make a thing of it. But at the end of the day, I, I, I would have to predict Boston will figure mm-hmm. out a way to win games and get that third position. And Toronto ends up as the team on the outside looking in. All right. You heard that prediction from Locked On Leafs host Mike DiStefano that he thinks the Leafs could be on the outside looking in come playoff time. That's going to do it, though, for us on the Locked On NHL podcast. Be sure to check out Locked On Leafs and Locked On Sabres if you're looking for more on our respective teams. Um, And I'll be back on Friday with Locked On Flyers host Rachel Donner. Thanks for making Locked On NHL your first listen every day. We started the podcast Fantasy Hockey. Let's end it with it. Now make your second listen, Locked On Fantasy Hockey. Host Scott Cullen leads on his decades of fantasy hockey insight and experience every day to help you be the expert of your fantasy league. It's free and available on all platforms.